We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this Thursday edition Oxford Exxon podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Jeffrey Wright joining for his weekly appearance, kicking off a very busy day here on MPW Digital going into tomorrow as well. So we'll outline that for you. We got hand raised guys tonight. We got all of our other weekly programming that you have come to know here on this Thursday. So again, we'll get into that. We'll talk lines. We'll talk more with Jeffrey also in the uh, back half of the show. Once Jeffrey hangs up, got my uh, conversation with Fred Roberts, one of the M Club Hall of Fame inductees for next week. That is Thursday night. We'll see how to get tickets if you have interest in, uh, in that. We're going to talk to Fred about his uh, football, baseball days, and much more coming up on again, the back half of the podcast today. A podcast brought to you every day by Twisted Tea in the Oxford Exxon, the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Lunch specials, 569, couple sides, fountain drinks of your choice. Might as well get the large one because why not? And if you're a little late on your uh, tailgating for this weekend, Vanderbilt at 630, let them help you out. They got slabs of ribs, they got pulled pork, vegetables, side items, desserts, and much more. Also, you know about the uh, game day shoes you can win. You got the helmet decals if you come in on Saturday morning as well. So all that and more at the Oxford Exxon. Again, Neil is in the Clark Ford studio. I am Clark Ford's in Emory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what forward product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. You get your quote, and the rest is up to you. Um, shop your shop that quote around if you'd like, or uh, you can do what I've done. But I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. You'll love the product. You'll love the service. Corey and the people at Clark Ford, they want to be your car guy. They want to be your truck guy. You'll find out what that means when you make the call, 662-662. 257-1900 guest, including Jeffrey Wright, join on the Campbell Clinic hotline. The Campbell Clinic is in Oxford now, 2608 South Lamar Boulevard, Suite 102. Just across the street from the cottages at Hooper Hollow, the Campbell Clinic provides full-service orthopedic care, everything from sports medicine to foot and ankle surgery to spine and total joint care to pediatric orthopedics, physical therapy, and more. To book an appointment, go to CampbellClinicOxford.com or call 901 901- Seven five nine three one one one. Walk-ins always welcome at the Campbell Clinic Monday through Friday, seven thirty to four p.m. 
we got a light week of games this week, so we'll get into that. Jeffrey, we had a question yesterday, so I'll kick it off the top. Otherwise, I'll forget. We were discussing NBA franchises. Is there any danger of Memphis losing the Grizzlies at some point? Uh, I don't want to say it's a 0% chance. It's highly unlikely, but they do have a – There's a one of the big debates going on right now is the state of Tennessee gave Memphis, the city, basically $350 million in cash as well as some other – other financing options with taxing and whatnot that they could do for renovating the forum and renovating the Liberty bowl. And it's somewhat of an issue because Memphis wants the university of Memphis wants a lot of money to renovate the stadium for the attempt to get into a bigger conference. And then you have the forum, which, was just unfortunately built in a time where the formula for building arenas got outdated very quickly because when they built the forum, it was still sweet, 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 sweets. Mm -hmm. And one of the big selling features was the forum put sweets like only 18 rows from the floor, which at the time was, you know, considered like the more, more sweets that close to the floor. It was like a big deal. But what we saw very quickly was a lot of corporate money sat there and goes like, why are we buying this suite? We can just go buy, you know, 10 tickets in the lower bowl, save the money and our customers will be happier that way. And so if you look at all the other arenas that have been built since the lower bowls are massive in terms of just seating and then the suite, there's not as many suites and they're, they're higher up. So the problem with that is the forum basically like needs to flip needs to flip the upper deck with the lower bowl and that's very expensive. So I mean if they can't get the if they can't get the renovation done, it leaves you very vulnerable. I still would say it's highly unlikely that the Grizzlies leave, but it's not a it's certainly not a 0% uh proposition. What 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 is the what is the NBA city that is getting the next team wherever that is? Like, is there one that's like, hey, that one's up next? I think it's going to be Vegas. Um, Seattle gets tossed around a lot. There's a big problem in Seattle that no one really discusses. It's the, they would be the second tenant in whatever climate pledge arena or whatever used to be key arena because the NHL has priority and the NBA is not willing at this point to, do expansion franchises where they don't control the arena. Okay. So provided that Vegas builds the other arena that can't, it's one of those, it's like, I don't know if it's AEG or it's one of the, it's one of the big like sports conglomerates has basically said, you know, if we get the commitment, we'll build this arena. I think on the South end of the strip. Um, I think that's right. But Vegas, if you've been paying attention to the, A's stadium deal. Vegas built a ton of stuff and built it in a hurry. And while like the NFL has been a massive hit and the NHL has been a massive hit, I do get the sense that they have financing stadium fatigue, especially when you consider, I mean, how many arenas are there in Vegas now that can host basketball? I mean, you've got the one where the, the one where the, 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 NHL team plays right. That's T-Mobile. Yeah, you, you could Grand technically has- do it. You could technically do it at, at Thomas and Mac. 
Um, I mean, it doesn't have the suites and stuff, but it's a it's a pretty solid basketball arena. I mean, you have the, you have the Mick Ultra Arena, whatever used to be the MGM Grand Arena. I mean, there's probably you know five arenas that can reasonably host it, and so now you're asking them to finance another two billion dollar one. I, I still think Vegas is the next most likely. I kind of low-key have my eye on St. Louis. St. Louis got a bunch of money from Kroenke for leaving. That's right. Yeah. For leaving St. Louis. Do they do they use that money to keep the NFL dream alive? Or do they kind of punt on that and say, well, if we build another, you know, if we build a new arena, can because St. Louis is a good basketball market too. Do we do we go that? Then I don't know what issues would that present with the blues. I don't know. Um, Nashville seems pretty, pretty headstrong going after baseball. Yep. Um, do they pivot? I mean, I, I do know that there's a lot of people quietly that will say Nashville wishes they had the Grizzlies rather than the Predators, even though I think the Predators have been a, a decent success for there. Um, I just find it hard to believe that Nashville is going to build a brand new $2 billion football stadium and they're going to build a brand new arena for the NBA. So those are kind of the ones that you're looking at. I mean, people have thrown out Mexico City. I just don't know how realistic that is. I don't really know about Louisville because in the end, Louisville built the big arena for... There's some Kansas City talk. Kansas City would make sense, but at the same time, like even though they've poured some money into that downtown arena, I don't know if it's still up to the standards. I mean, if you just want to look at the cost of doing it, Oklahoma City just committed to, I think, $850 million to build the Thunder a new arena. And now the forum is not quite in the shape that, uh, whatever, is it Paycor now? Is it Paycom, Paycor? I don't know. One, yeah, I, I, the, I still the, call it Chesapeake, but I know what you mean. Uh, the Bengals stadium is one of them's Paycom, one's Paycor. Um, it's not quite to that level. The problem with the problem with FedEx Forum is the like the maintenance that has needed to be done for like the last twenty years has not really been done, and so it's going to be more expensive to renovate it. I still would be pretty surprised if they end up losing the Grizzlies but again it's still not a it's it's still not a zero that's fair all good uh I, I tell you what I enjoyed last night was Mike McIntyre losing 41 to 16 taking knees the end to end the game we're getting the hell out of here uh we're not even gonna like throw the ball down the field or whatever the game is over you all can go home you don't see that very often I I fully respect that play no problems whatsoever. I respect that play. I think that's. I think that might also have been a a tacit tip of the cap to his buddy Rich Rod. Like, please don't score again. Like, you, you know what I mean. We're just gonna get on out of here. It's uh. Tell you what, guys, the, the job Rich Rodriguez has done at Jack. A heck of a job. Played, it 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 ought to. It really ought to. Uh, it ought to open some eyes around the country a little bit. That 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 guy might he might have another chapter left. Ooh, he might have another chapter left. He, guys, what he's done at Jacksonville State in really short order is a wake up call. I mean, it they score. He 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 knows how to use the portal. He's got a ton of contacts around. 
You know, I think Would you. Gonna, okay, I think he was going to get the West Virginia job until Neil Brown sort of stabilized, and so now think, he's sort of available. These guys' eras are not exactly the similar, but I think they are very similar on whether or not they transitioned into the new world of football. If you're generic AD wherever, would you rather have Chip Kelly or Rich Rodriguez? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a um, really good question. Because, like, I do think if Chip would have taken a Cusa job, I think Chip would have had a lot of Because yeah. I think you can scheme. I, I think the reason why Rich Rod's having a lot of success is Rich Rod can scheme. Like, he just needs, like, a couple of toys, and he can scheme up some explosive runs really well. I think Chip Kelly could do the same. I think in the end, you have to say, if you're generic AD, Chip Kelly's a little bit more palatable to sell, probably. I'm probably picking Chip Kelly, but I don't think it's as preposterous as as, as some might think. Yeah. 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 My question for Rich Rod in an interview at a Power 5 would be, tell me how you will use the portal. Tell me who you will put on your staff. How will you use the portal? Because if he gets players, if his players are remotely equal to yours, he's proven he can scheme it. He his doesn't teams strike play me with as a guy that's, He also doesn't strike me as a guy that's uh, his. He strikes me as the guy that would answer that question with like, "How much money do I have?" Yeah, I, mean, I think it's not he's like, like he's opposed to it. Like, <laughs> I, don't know, I think he, he would be very practical. I think I th there's no doubt. I mean, I, he's a very pragmatic guy, and if you've ever met him, he's he's a super good dude. Um, he's he's a little rough around the edges and all that stuff, but most football coaches are. Um, he's interesting. I mean, I, Jacksonville State, he's made them like a, you don't want to play them. No, you don't, I mean, you don't want to play them if you're like a, a legitimate SEC team. You'll win, but it's going to be a root canal. You, you you don't want to play that game. I he's some of these places where that that might think about making a change. They're going to put these lists together, and he probably won't be on it. And I'll look at the list and go, nope, 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 nope. I mean, it's just not just not a hell of a lot of ready-made guys out there that are like super proven. Was it a Pomeranian that he used to walk around everywhere? Yeah. Was that what it was? Was it a Pomeranian? Yeah. His wife okay. is into Pomeranians and his daughters too. Yeah. Okay. So the question that I have is, does it surprise y'all that at this point, the only in-season firing that we've had has been Mel Tucker? Um, Still relatively early. A yeah, but I thought we were trending towards, I thought we were trending towards everyone was going to move early. Here's the problem with a lot of these buyouts is that the buyout is cheaper if you'll wait for the season to end. So everyone's just doing the background. Everyone's well, doing yeah. the background well, stuff. Like, I was in Fayetteville last weekend, and there was you know obviously lots of talk about Pittman. And if they go four and eight and they let them finish the season, his buyout drops by five million bucks. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah you wait. You know, I mean, if it's you like can do the if you can do background for a month. And you can without it getting super out. You have plausible deniability. You can do background for a month, and one of two things happens: he either goes four and eight or worse, and you fire him, or they fix it, and you're like, well, "Okay, well, you know, we're giving it another year, what, whatever." But it made sense. It makes sense for them to just sort of at least punt a couple of times. God knows they punt enough. Last, other, uh, go ahead, Jeffrey. The other thing is, it's like. Okay, I think a 
a big part of all of this is what jobs do end up coming open because while A&M has been disappointing. I do think there's a path where A&M, A&M stabilizes enough to, for, for someone to sit there and go, are we really going to spend $60 million to get rid of Jimbo and then go hire someone else? And I know everyone's doing the, well, they got plenty of money. But it's like, I uh, know. Uh, and I can tell you this from talking to some people over there, they really don't want to. I think they, they would they, rather they'd rather talk themselves into it can work. He lost Wegman. If they would have had Wegman, they beat Tennessee. If they would have Wegman, they probably beat Alabama. Like they can. I'm not saying these things are true. I'm saying that's right. what they can talk themselves into before it's, that gets it's, misconstrued. It's one thing to say, "Hey, we, we've got the money." Okay, cool. Sixty-five million dollars to make a coach go away before you Dude. spend a cent on the staff to fire him. Before you spend a cent on bringing in whoever the and, and again. Who's the guy that walks in the door at Texas A&M that you go, oh, well, there's the dramatic upgrade. We're good now. I'll put a hundy spot on it if I'll just hire Lincoln Riley and we can have that comedy. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll throw a hundred on it. I did love the my. I know it's it's not fair, but it does make me laugh when Brett McMurphy every week does the Texas A&M's record with Kevin Sumlin, Texas A&M's <laughs> record with Jimbo, and then Clay Helton's record at USC and and uh, Lincoln Riley's record at USC through the same amount of game. It makes me laugh every time. And you know the point that, I don't know whether Brent's making it intentionally, but the point that comes across is... These jobs kind of are what they are. Like you, They you, are what they are, I, and you I don't always... Think, I, I know you know Brett better than I do. I actually think that is the point that Brett's making. I think it is too. It's it's you know I was again not to belabor the the Arkansas point, but I was there and one of Caroline's good friends, their family's kind of big basketball boosters, and he was like, "So how's Lane done it?" And I said, "NIL, portal, period. Ole Miss is the same place that Ole Miss was. It, they they don't have the natural resources of Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, LSU. They don't. I mean." I don't even think Ole Miss people would fight me about that. But what he's done is he's come in and gone, okay, this is the system. The system's kind of stupid. The system's really broken. The system needs to be fixed. The system probably needs federal oversight. But until that happens, let's mm -hmm. play the system the way that it is today. That's what Lane's done incredibly well, and it's made Ole Miss arguably the third best program in the, in the, in the conference. And I think That's the other thing that he has done is especially in a year like this where league quarterback play is not great. I mean, you know, we talked about it like Daniels is playing awesome football. Yeah. But after that, it's not, you know, I mean, there's probably a case for about two or three guys that you could argue who's playing well. Lane Lane gets quarterback settled. I mean, like you look at last year, the disappointing year was, you know, the growing pains with Jackson. Well, you took those growing pains you you did what you did in the off season and Jackson's playing really well this year. And that's been to me, if you want to talk about the biggest reason why I think they win close games, we can do the whole, you know, they, they have a different mentality and whatnot. But I think the, I think the simple football answer is Jackson's playing better. If you're ready to elevate your college football game day experience, check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol, no carbonation, Delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team, when you're tailgating in the stadium, parking lot, 
watching in a bar, hosting friends at home. It's there to elevate your game day experience and complement your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We'll have post-game coverage on uh, Saturday evening. My post-game column will be presented by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors. If you're searching for residential or commercial properties in Oxford or Tupelo, contact Whitney for amazing professional service and support. Contact Whitney at Whitney at TMHomes.com or 662-567-2573. Are you retiring soon? How long should you wait to take Social Security? What accounts should you pull from first? Are you already retired? Should you consider Roth conversions? These are just some of the questions that can only be answered with the personalized retirement income plan. Andrew Siegel with Siegel Wealth Management specializes in helping folks just like you come up with their retirement game plan. Whether you meet at his office in Collierville or prefer Zoom from anywhere, schedule a free discovery meeting and see what they can do for you. It's rebelsretire.com. We're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern 662-429-4429. A-Stock is a Nashville-based online retail company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items start at just $1. That's right. Every item starts at just $1, no matter what the retail value may be. Shop now at astock.bid, that's A-S-T-O-C-K dot B-I-D, or download their app, name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. A-Stock has multiple locations around Nashville as well as Memphis, some in Indiana, and more that are coming soon, so don't miss out. And we're brought to you by the College Corner. If you're coming to Oxford this weekend for uh, the Vanderbilt game, stop by the newest location in the Oxford Commons right off of Sisk Avenue. They'll have uh, more than 4,000 Square feet of the best Rebel gear. Plenty of parking available. Their staff will have you in and out and ready for the Grove in no time. It opens. Uh, it's open back in mid-August. Check out their website, collegecornerstore.com, for more. They also have two locations in the Jackson area. And we're brought to you by Game Changer Patches, the only two-patch system available in the market. Stop hangovers before they start. you got the warm-up patch, the overtime patch uh, to recover. Uh, while you sleep, the all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game, ready for your next play. Go to GameChangerPatch.com, enter the promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. Podcast is brought to you by the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. Single game football tickets on sale. That includes Vanderbilt this weekend, Texas A&M next week, OleMissTicks.com. Season tickets for basketball, men's and women's on sale as well. And then general admission tickets for that Tadpad game coming up in November against Sam Houston State. Again, not being streamed, not on television. You have to be in attendance for the game at Tad Smith Coliseum. Again, that is OleMissTicks.com. Also, that address for the baseball buying season tickets and renewals that started this month. So you get that baseball, basketball, football, all your options. OleMissTicks.com. Podcast is brought to you by GNM Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they offer MedSync. Free prescriptions the same day each month. Take care of you. They'll even transfer your medications. You make one phone call. They take care of the rest. That's Holly Springs with Tyson Drugs or GNM in Oxford, 662-236-2222. Yeah, I think. Well in key games. Yeah, the reason why, you know, the other reason why Lane is is winning is that he has above average quarterback play. That's it. Like, uh, that, that that's what they do because that's so dependent even in college football like the NFL to whatever extent because, no, you look at the records. 
2020 was Matt's learning year and yep. you know they in a normal year they go eight and four okay makes sense yeah. sure then you go to the sugar bowl at 10 and two and Matt's developed and he's experienced and then Jackson you take the step back and you go eight and four or you go eight and five whatever you do and then this year they're nine and three or better or whatever they are I mean no it's yeah. it's it's quarterback play and if like you look at okay like what were the losable games that they've had this year like Tulane you clearly had the better quarterback on the field and it eventually showed Georgia Tech you had the better quarterback on the field it showed uh when you look at last week you know, Jackson makes the one throw that probably keeps the game from from getting out of hand in Ole Miss's favor. But at the same time, why why were most of us confident that Ole Miss was still going to win the game? Well, in the end, we thought the odds of Peyton Thorne or Robbie Ashford hitting a pass versus the odds of Jackson hitting a couple. If passes. they would just do what they were coached to do, Jeffrey, they would, they would, that's a good point. Would still be running. I mean, it, it it's huh. just hard when you call the touchdown plays and they don't run them. It's just it's just so hard. Just it's so frustrating. Shane Beamer nodded along at Hughes Prescott for just today and went, you know what, Hugh? You're right. hundred percent. Hey guys, we hey. haven't talked about this, by the way, but yeah, my, my one last I went to a college football game as a regular person. Holy shit at the TV timeouts. When we're oh, sitting I, in press boxes, when we're in press boxes, we, we can play on our computers yeah, and we're yeah. you know, whatever and, and, and we're watching we can watch, games. We, I'll say we can watch our bets. We can watch other games, we can follow the scores. When you don't have those things at your disposal and the guy walks out at the 20 or whatever and holds up the thing and it says 330, whatever it is, my shit. I think some of them have been saying 430. Fellas, well, it's it's incredible. I mean, it's so bad. I I had this in in, in 330 has never felt longer either. Like you look at it and go, oh, my God, that is an hour. You look up and it's like like, 240, 239, 238. You're going, shit. The ones that drive me insane is you have the three and a half minute commercial break and then they come back and decide now they're going to review the play. Yeah. What were we doing during the commercial break? They had a deal at the at the state Arkansas game. They had a three and a half minute TV timeout. They came back, ran one play, and a kid for state got hurt. And they went to another three minute TV timeout. They played one play in eight minutes. It was it was so sleepy, and like Arkansas's got to really upgrade their in-game experience. They they've got it they have got it modernized. They they do they're they remind me of Ole Miss before this era, where it's like okay, well now we'll recognize someone who played here in the 1960s. Everybody clap, Woo-hoo. and then I mean just it's so boring, and it it got a little hot third quarter, and I was like, man. Isn't there a place we can go get a beer? I mean, it was just like it, it was so. Well, yeah, you can go get a you can go get an eighteen dollar one right up in the concourse. That's true. They well, they did, and their beer line was very efficient. I'll give them credit. Um, but it it's if I'm a fan, wow, that is that's a commitment to go to those games and sit through. No, so you, you had the same experience I did last year. Aaliyah wanted to go to a game last year, so we went to the Auburn game. And the Auburn game, it should be noted, there's the asterisk. Remember, there's the weird weather delay. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that was my my first thought of this is, like, I I this does not – it had nothing to do with Ole Miss. It had nothing to do with the presentation that, you know, Ole Miss is in-game marketing. It had not, I, I don't want anyone to misconstrue that. This could have been generic college team versus generic college team. 
And I just remember thinking, like, there's no way I'm ever going to go back to regularly going to games. Like, I want to watch football, and so I'm I'm just going to sit on the couch. Yeah. When uh, get into a couple games, one of the things I was going to mention, though, is I think your offseason storyline, because if you saw the – there's a list on our site that somebody put up, and then there's a couple other threads talking about people. It's how many schools can use NIL to keep their COVID year seniors next year and pay them enough if they were going to be like a late round, maybe, maybe not. Like anybody taking that chance. I think you've got several guys that our main storyline once this thing ends is going to be, hey, can Ole Miss talk them into NIL deals to keep them for another season? I think that's already started in some ways. And as they get for 24 in a playoff, I think that's relevant. I think that's probably fair. I think at places like Ole Miss where you're doing – there are, I don't know, a hundred plus schools that would change their standing for NIL with where sure. you are, but you're still not creme de la creme. I do think it is important when you identify guys that have actually been hits, you have to make sure you keep them. Like I think, yeah, I think retention NIL retention, I think, is a big deal at a place like Ole Miss. We are coming off a fairly hot week for us. Jeffrey with a hell of a week. He went seven and one against the spread last week. Five. Well, I called the first for... seven plays. Okay, fair enough. Yes, it's just the one that got you. <laughs> McCready and me, uh, or I, seven, once I, uh, five listen, and three. Once I built the lead, I was trying to develop my coordinators, and I let them start <laughs> calling plays. But you saw what happened. It happens. Uh, even Luker with a with a winning week last week. Brian at three hey, and five. Does your, so, does your coordinator? Uh, did they are they still wearing their purity ring or how's that going? Uh, I refuse yeah. to open that thread. Sorry, I can't do it. I, I just I just mentally could not even go there to read the thread. Sorry, I, I'm I'm out. Uh, I'm, I'm. Uh, it depends, uh, Neil. Who who's watching? Oh, of course. Yeah. Did you ever give anybody a promise ring in school, Jeffrey? I don't know. <laughs> I did. I did not. Um, <laughs> We we did not those. I will say though, the Jonas Brothers made those definitely like th- those were hot in high school. Okay, just not with your boy. South Carolina plus fourteen at Texas A and M eleven o'clock ESPN. Is anybody taking the Gamecocks now here, or are they officially dead? I can't not, take them. I I that's the the problem that I saw this week is every side that I ended up picking, I think is the wrong side. Like I think I think Sharps will be on South Carolina, but I cannot do it. I've watched South Carolina the last four weeks. I just cannot do it. If Carolina makes this close, go ahead and win for the comedy. Please just win the game if it's close. Don't 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 lose a close game. Well, that's always my when I when I take a favorite and I realize that they're not going to cover. Like I just lose. Please lose. You deserve it. Beamer going to be here in three years, Neil? Do what now? Beamer going to be the coach there in three years? I mean, who are they hiring, right? I mean, but, what that, they that, but that's a sale of a program. They're not blowing up an NIL. He appears to be not very good. It is a, anything but a front runner to a mediocre way. I mean, what they're losing Rattler. I mean, what what, what is it about their – program in any way that you go hey yeah i'm buying that sounds great yeah just yeah. wait till next year i think I'm, this is an i think if we want to spin it to to Ole miss like kind of what we were talking about a little bit i do think the adjustment that fans are going to have to make 
is in this era, if you are not one of the creme de la cremes that you're just always going to have the players, there's going to be reset years. And while, yes, the way that Ole Miss's season ended last year left a lot of, you know, a lot of people very unhappy. And there were obviously other factors, including, you know, Kiffin and the Auburn job. There were lots of things. But that was clearly a reset year for Ole Miss. And the fact that they were able to still go, you know, roll in eight and four, and I get it, it was somewhat schedule dependent. I think that's going to be important for how how happy you keep your fan bases. What happens in your reset years? Do you turn that, you know, do you turn that six and six into eight and four, seven and five? Do you turn it into five and seven? Do you turn it into four and eight? And where Beamer's going to have the problem is it looks like he's turning that, you know, six and six year into four and eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't keep momentum enough to go, hey, just wait till next year. We're cool. The program yeah. is this. I mean, it's it's where Ole Miss has raised their ceiling. We can talk about the 11 and ones and you know, the 10 and two and the Sugar Bowl and all, but it's actually the bottom part. It's the floor coming up that has changed Ole Miss as a program. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. So. Georgia, Florida. Your question, they probably to answer your question, Chase. They probably give him a good amount of time because it's just it's just easier to give him some time and see. Does Ray Tanner make the next hire? I mean, I know he's like below there, but he's been pretty crappy as far as hiring coaches. Probably not. But to finish my point, that they they might be advised to see if he can grow as a coach. Give him a minute Mm -hmm. and see if maybe he learns from this. I mean, his dad didn't start winning in Blacksburg until like year eight or something. I mean, so really, just he won't get that. He won't get that long. But but again, I mean, you fire him and who do you hire? Right? I mean, you go hire some another young guy who comes in unproven at that level. I mean, what do you do? I mean, it it's my understanding is also Shane is very good at uh, convincing the people that matter that he's the guy. Yeah. Yeah, Tanner can't get out there in 24 months and go, ladies and gentlemen, a new era of Gamecock football. Jamie Chadwell. Yeah. All right. Just saying. 14 and a half, the Bulldogs giving the Gators. Jeffrey, I was uh, reading through all of your uh, stats here, and it was completely contradictory to what you mm-hmm. actually chose. Yeah, because like that's the whole thing is I just I hate trendy underdogs. And right now, Florida to me feels like a very trendy underdog. And I know that you can't really do the transitive property of college football, but I also cannot get out of my head what Kentucky did to Florida. And I cannot get out of my head what Georgia did to Kentucky. And again, I understand that you can't do that. This just feels to me like a game where everyone's going to sit there and go, ooh, 14 and a half. Georgia doesn't have Brock Bowers. Like, yeah, Georgia hasn't been covering like, uh, it's just like the classic, like uh, we could sit there and like watch this game be three scores the entire game. And then you're sitting there feeling like an idiot. Why did I take Florida? Florida lost to Kentucky. I taped with Pete Deweeks last night and Pete was looking at Vanderbilt and he was showing Vanderbilt, Georgia film. And I know what I'm about to say is going to be shocking. So I know Chase, you're seated. I, I assume you are too, Jeffrey. Uh, Georgia is really talented. They've got speed kind of everywhere. Some of the some of the some of the people that are out in our internet space who are going ahead and like executing Georgia ahead of time, there's there's a decent chance you're you're going to look really foolish. Just 
that that's a really athletic physical they're really good when you when you watch them on film they're really good i mean well, maybe Georgia's- they're maybe they're more gettable than they were last year or whatnot they're still on film and it's not particularly close all in all the easily the most talented team in the sec i think they have a boredom problem yeah and, and i think kirby knows there's only so many games you can get them up and the question is is this a game where he gets them up or is it honestly is it missouri is it ole miss like i i don't know I just think the biggest problem right now that Georgia has is is complacency and their schedule's not been able to get them. And so they're just kind of moving along. But I if Georgia if Georgia plays well, they will cover this line. Yeah, because where your transitive property thing doesn't work, it does work from a matchup standpoint. And Kentucky bullied Florida physically. And then Georgia definitely bullied Kentucky physically. Correct. So from a physical standpoint, because frankly, Utah did too. I mean, we can talk yeah. about Graham Mertz and different things, but Utah physically beat Florida up. The reality is, if you would have told me Mertz is going to play like he currently is, I would have, at first I would have said no chance in hell. Like, I know he's not throwing the ball a ton downfield, and so that helps him, but they have gotten every bit from Graham Merce that I think they could have and probably more. Let's give, a little, credit. Let's give a little credit here because everybody wanted early in the year to rip Billy Napier and rip Billy Napier. And he's done a really good job with this team and, and, and they've got a lot of recruiting going on. I don't know how they've, how much they've figured out NIL or haven't figured out NIL. I've heard different things, but that guy did a really solid job at Louisiana Lafayette, and since he left, they've gone back to being sort of a mediocre Sunbelt program. Mm-hmm. Sort of the opposite of like Liberty's undefeated. Liberty hasn't lost to ULM this year. Um, uh, Liberty, uh, Neil, Liberty hasn't lost. Yeah, I just yes, they did not out. lose. They've not lost to ULM as a 28-point favorite, but they've not lost. Right, I just wanted to specifically point out that, that they haven't gone to Malone Stadium and lost. Correct. Uh, as opposed to past Liberty teams that went to Monroe and inexplicably lost despite having an, a guy who was drafted to play quarterback in the NFL on the roster. Uh, the point is is that Napier's good. Napier's Napier's good. I'm not saying he's great or he's elite or whatnot, but he's done a really good job there, and they're, 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 he's, he's raising the program a little bit. I would also so, point out, though, they, they have not – like their, their season's not going to really get judged on this – but their season is going to get judged. So far, they've played Carolina, Kentucky, and Tennessee. They're two and one, but they still got Missouri left. Yep. Still got Florida State. But he's done done a good job. They haven't played LSU yet, right? No, they hadn't played LSU yet. They have losses coming, but my point is is that... No, I agree. He's he's done a good job. They're going to give him... The people that were like, they're going to fire him in year two. I'm like, no, they're not. No, they're not. And they're not. They're going to give him more time, and they should. He's he's proving to be a very stable coach. Mississippi State plus six at Auburn, two thirty SEC Network, Prayer Oval, one oh seven p.m. Nil notes and uh, in in, in Neil's picks. Hey, he's gonna gonna take a picture. Okay, uh, Neil Luker and Rippy. Um, 
all taking the uh, let's see the bulldog the uh, tigers to cover. Jeffrey and I taking the points with Mississippi State. For me, this is a very simple thing. Okay, hedging. I'm I'm emotionally hedging. If if Mississippi State wins, I will happily, I mean, giddily take my L in the picks contest here. But if Auburn wins and covers, I'll be like, okay, well, at least I got a win in the picks contest. The worst yeah. outcome, the worst outcome here is the one that y'all are sort of forecasting, which is Auburn wins, but state covers. That does mean no emotional. I get no emotional benefit <laughs> from that whatsoever. So I'm, I'm going, I'm setting myself up to have, there's three potential outcomes and I've got two of them covered. Yeah. And As I, the, I Emotionally, that's probably the right way. I started doing that at the beginning of the year, and then I realized quickly, like, no, nah, it's way more fun when you bet against him and win. Like, it's so satisfying. God, it's satisfying. So you double up. You get the yes, emotion exactly. and the, and, and, and the yeah. victory at that point. And if point. you lose, you know what? You chalk it up to, okay, let's go find another game to bet on. <laughs> you, you move on. Yeah, you, you throw it in the trash. Like, that's one thing that I've always been pretty good at in gambling. It's like, yeah. You went two and seven this week. All right. Well, when I, I zeroed out. Uh, I'll, I'll see you next week. This is going to be a really uh, spot for Ole Miss people this week. I mean, I kind of, I'm kind of curious. Kind of curious. I, I suspect what, this is the closest there would be some Ole Miss people getting cowbells. Yeah, because I mean, they're supposed to cheer against State all the time, and that comes naturally for for most Ole Miss people, I would guess. But gosh Almighty, the idea of. Zach Arnett and Mike Wright and company walking into Jordan Hare and leaving with a W. Well, it's also like a twofold for them. If, it's, it's if, you're, an Ole, if you're an Ole Miss fan, I think you want Mississippi State to give Zach Arnett all the time he needs. So yeah. picking up a win like this could be, you know, mutually beneficial. This could be people helping people. And, it's where you walk out of the egg bowl after you yeah. win the game, like thirty-one to twenty, and you go, you know, he Arnett did a hell of a job, guys. You know what? Like, he I, got I, that was scary play. as hell. He's going to get us want. next year. He Woo. had those boys ready to play. He scared the shit out of us. <laughs> you know, this hey, this deal for for Hugh. All jokes aside, an L this week, <sighs> boys. They still got to play Bama. Hell, they have to go. They got to go to Arkansas. I mean that that won't that won't be a gimme with you got to think Travis Williams the defensive coordinator at Arkansas is going to want that one a little bit and Pittman's will have they would have had a little bit more time to adapt to whatever this new offense is going to be that won't be a freebie up there for the Tigers because they can't score enough for anything to be a freebie this this thing could still go cataclysmically bad for Auburn Podcast brought to you by Prom Shrimp, promshrimp.com. Seven different flavors available for you. Everything from the signature, their uh, garlic, their um, kind of all-purpose, versatile option, your one-style barbecue, the garlic herb butter, lemon cracked pepper, so many different things that you should try them all. And you can do that with our help because if you get at least five pouches or more, 25% off using code RG with promshrimp.com. That's five pouches or more, 25% off, code RG. They mail it right to you. You throw it in the freezer, then t- 10 minutes, freezer to plate, ready to go. If you need help with dinner tonight, make it fast. Kids act- have activities. Tons of ways to use it, your salads, protein, uh, snacks, and more. So that's promshrimp.com. Again, five pouches or more, 25% off with code RG. 
Brought to you by Pinnacle. Pinnacle based in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. They've got clients in uh, multiple states, advisors in multiple states. They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much more. At uh, Pinnacle, investing is treated like a commodity. Decisions are made using objective information and research, not emotions. So uh, Pinnacle will sit down with you. They'll study your goals. Uh, look at your expenses, put forth a comprehensive, detailed financial and retirement plan built just for you. It's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N, wealth.com. We're brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. If you're thinking about traveling, you want a special trip that creates a lifetime of unique memories, get in touch with John, give him some parameters, give him a budget. He's going to give you options that you're going to have a difficult time finding on your own. 901-494-3387 or J Edwards at Regency Travel. Net. Uh, Oxford's newest Greek restaurant, Opa, is a perfect place to plan your Christmas dinner, your company dinner, your festive party event. Opa can accommodate up to 200 guests. Uh, they have fabulous food, great craft libations as well. For catering or booking information, contact Jeannie, 601-421-7147. And we're brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency, connecting great job, job opportunities to candidates since 1967. Uh, if you're on the job hunt, they can help you whether you're uh, seeking an entry-level position or if you're a seasoned professional, they've got opportunities across the board. If your company is looking to hire quality, hard-to-find talent, service specialists can help you as well. It's um, 662-832-5138. Ask for Will, Sydney, or Kelsey, or give them a call at service, or on the website, I should say, servicespecialistltd.com. Get the beautiful and healthy smile you deserve at Corinth Dental. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures that will result in a beautiful, long-lasting smile. From routine checkups to advanced treatment, including implants and Invisalign, Corinth Dental is here to help you achieve your smile goals. Schedule your appointment today. Take the first step toward a better version of yourself at CorinthDental.com. Are you a displaced corporate executive? Are you wanting to put your career in your own hands? Uh, if you are, Andy Ludicky can help. He owns multiple franchises and businesses. He uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. So call Andy. Put your life and your career in your own hands. It's 100% free. You've got nothing to lose. It's MyPerfectFranchise.net, Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net, or 404-973-9901. Fall is here, gentlemen. It's about to get busy during the holidays. Don't let that stop you from sticking to your habits and doing the best version of yourself. That's where our friends at Caldera Lab come in. They're the best in the skincare game with an easy routine. They keep your face looking pretty no matter your schedule. Plus, what's better than gift than a clear skin? Join the other, other 100,000 men who trust Caldera Lab to show your best self and first impressions this fall. Plus, it's a great gift. Caldera Lab creates high-performance men's skincare products, and the regimen leads off their product lineup twice a day routine to transform your skin. I know the skincare world is heavily female driven and long been the wild, wild west for men. That's why they're making it simple. They got three products the clean slate, the base layer, and the good. The clean slate starts and ends your day. The base layer is your day wear moisturizer to hydrate your skin, and the good is your go to multifunctional serum at night to help your skin look tighter and smoother, reduce visibility of wrinkles and fine lines. They're the leader in men's skincare, made with top tier ingredients, and clinical trials have found 94% of men showed an overall younger-looking appearance after using Caldera Lab for just a few weeks. One minute in the morning, one minute at night is all you need to reduce your wrinkles, and we're going to help you out just for our audience. We have an exclusive deal. You're not beating this offer. Use MPW at CalderaLab.com. 
and get 20% off right now. That's 20% off with code MPW at calderalab.com to make an unforgettable first impression and the best gift for the holidays. Podcast also brought to you by Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-E-R-C. Two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's nespark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service, parental controls, network security, and much more. So again, get the best internet in Lafayette County. That's 662-238-3159. Neil, if I get, you yes. know, with first of the year, we said, hey, if you could pick one outcome the entire year, what would you do for your own comedy at this point in the calendar, your pick would be Vanderbilt over Auburn, wouldn't it? Oh, yes, God, please. Oh, I'm so glad this isn't on video right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> I can't even imagine the joy. The over-under, by the way, on Auburn and State has fallen six points. It opened at 47.5, and, and it's now at 41.5. I think I'd still take it. Yeah, I would, I think, too. I think I would, too. Number I mean, eight, Oregon. I- Go ahead. The only way that I'm scared about the overhitting is special teams plays or like pick sixes. Yeah. Explosion. Yeah. Yeah. Number eight, Oregon. The the play that sticks out in my mind is the play that sticks out in my mind that that would scare me about over unders was Mike Wright's first pass or Mike Wright's first pass. It was the first pass. And then there was that play in the fourth quarter with, for whatever reason, they went for it and they got so lucky because they, they called. False start or whatever. Or yes. The, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't, as I was watching that live, I was like, I told Carolina, I said, they're just getting seen if Arkansas jump. And then they snap it. I'm like, oh my God, he snapped it. And he snapped it at like his feet and the ball gets yep. kicked around. And I think Arkansas ran it into the end zone and they called it back. But I can't remember if it was a false start or a legal snap, but it was something, you know, it was, yeah. it was, it was one of the, it was either a false start or legal. It was a play that you couldn't decline the penalty. Yeah. And they, so they took the penalty and punted. But yeah. I was like, you boy, you you just escaped. That would have been disastrous for them. I, Neil, I think you're the only one of us that's going to be correct on Saturday. Oregon six and a half at number thirteen Utah. You're the only one that has the uh, Ducks covering, even though several of us have the Ducks winning. I I, 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 I agree with everything Chase just said right there. Like football brain tells me that Oregon might flex, but. Man, Utah at home. Like, you, betting, Utah at home, and Utah's so good on defense. Betting you, betting against Utah, and like Cal's defense is falling apart. USC can't stop anyone. Like I'm not sure Utah's offense is like all of a sudden clicking. Like I, I think it might have been more of a product of who they're playing. And Oregon is, Oregon's good. They're really good. They, they, they I mean, they were right. They were that was a slugfest with Washington. Washington's really good too. I, I I just think Oregon losing that one game to Washington, everybody goes, oh well, they're done. Nope, they're still really, really good. They're really, really good. I mean, the fact that Bo Nix is doing this and Auburn doesn't have any quarterback play it cracks me up every single week. But I just, for some reason, I just think Oregon. I think Jeffrey, I like your word. I think Oregon's going to flex. I, I'm terrified of it. This literally, honestly, the the biggest reason that I'm doing this is I thought the crowd at Washington got to Oregon a little bit and and made Oregon not uh, put that game away. And I think Utah is like a legitimate home field advantage. Oh, for sure. It's actually or, on my list of places I'd love to go see a game. 
It always yeah, looks beautiful, beautiful too. Uh, for two teams ranked, I have zero interest in this. Number 20, Duke, plus four at number 18, Louisville, 230, ESPN. I, I, I won't spend a second on this game on Saturday. It, it just does nothing for me at all. Yeah, I mean, especially Duke, I presume. Mike without could, Riley Leonard. Riley Leonard tried to go back in the game, and I there was a moment where the side like they kept the cameras captured uh, Elko on the sideline. He basically like was the adult in the room, which I I applaud and tip my cap. He's like, you are not going back in there. Like mm-hmm. he, like Riley was trying. He's like, I'm fine, I'm fine, and he's like, Nah, you're you're gonna you're gonna sit over there, buddy. I would like to see Duke win the game, but I mean, it will have to be some last drive thing for me to take a second and flip it over and see what's going on in this. It just, whatever. I mean, Louisville is the most boring top 25 team of the year. Yeah. But I mean, like they're, they're both these teams are well coached. Um, Yeah, sure. I just think Duke's entire offense is Riley Leonard. Like that's their offense. And without him, oh boy. If you're Elko, I don't know. I don't know who his agent is. I mean, there's all the rumors about a and It just doesn't it doesn't sound right to me that Texas A&M is going to fire Jimbo Fisher, pay him $65 million and replace him with Mike Elko. That that doesn't that doesn't sound I, right. I'm with you. That's that's the thing I've always struggled with. Like is that really what they're going to do? I mean that that's underwhelming. But if I'm Elko, am I putting out feelers? Am I letting people know, "Hey, I I I'd listen to wherever." Kind of Michigan State. Michigan I think he State. makes a lot of sense at Michigan State. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I think Michigan State needs to go like program development guy, and I think he is that guy. Yeah, because unlike a lot of defensive coordinators, like Duke's offense doesn't struggle because he's a meathead defensive coordinator. It's like they struggle from a talent perspective, but like he's willing to let them. He's willing to like. He's not opposed to having a good offense. Yeah. Number twenty one. Tennessee minus three and a half at Kentucky, 6 p.m. ESPN. I just think Tennessee is the better team, period. I don't think this is more complicated. Tennessee beats Kentucky. Yes. I mean, I just. Even Pruitt would be Kentucky. Kentucky has a identity that is supposed to be somewhat physical, well-coached, all that stuff, and they're simply just not physical enough for this iteration and for the teams that beat them, and their quarterback play is not good enough. Leary has been a disappointment to this point. I'll tell you what I hear about Kentucky. It's the it's the uh, the 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 thing that like it was interesting listening to Lane talk earlier this week about accepting roles and you have to work at this every day and it's not a it's not a something that you take for granted and I think Lane basically admitted I thought it was one of the more interesting things Kiffin has said since he's been at Ole Miss where he he got a question from Jake Thompson and then I followed up on it and on both. Jake's question and my question, I thought he gave really thoughtful answers where he basically said, you know, yeah, kind of took that for granted last year. You just went out and got players. You got players who you thought were good enough to play. And yeah. And and they were. But when you asked them to take on a different role for the team, they didn't always do it. And the moment there was adversity, they were kind of like, screw this. I mean, not doing this. He didn't say that, but that's essentially, if you boiled it down, that's what he was getting at. And he said this year they've made a concerted effort that, no, you 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 have to work at this. You have to talk about this. This requires daily upkeep to get guys to accept roles, 
you know the the NIL thing, the amount of money is is a locker room conversation. It 100% is. Anybody who tries to pretend that it's not is lying to you. Everything I hear about Kentucky is that the NIL thing and all of that stuff and the portal has become very caustic and abrasive and disruptive inside that locker room, and I think it shows on the field. I think it makes sense, too, because Kentucky under Stoops, they've been a development program. It's been, you know, our kind of guys. And when you start introducing people from outside of the system, if you will, like I can see where that causes friction. I I don't really have a tough time believing that. I think the other problem that Stoops is running into is, you know, at a certain point, he's kind of become a victim of his own success because I think he's done about as good a job with Kentucky as you can reasonably expect. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, that's just the way fans are. It's like, well, when you start seeing more and, you know, you start wanting more and you're sitting there going, well, what are we doing paying you $9 million for? You know, I, I kind of get it. I'm curious to see if, I am curious to see if this motivates him to maybe leave. Where's it going? I do too. I mean, I mean, the rumor's always been Iowa. I mean, I, I think it's fascinating. Is this, you know, they've they've finally started shuffling out, you know. There are people that do believe that the whole Ferentz thing, like he is retiring. If Michigan State paid him a ton of money, would he jump there? I don't know. I think so. I think yeah. he well, I, I think he'd certainly listen. But I thought it was, I thought what Kiffin said this week was as interesting as anything he said. I thought it was the most display of a coach growing up and growing into a job. And I don't mean that he was immature before. It's not what I meant. I meant, but maturing into a job that's a specific job. It, it, it was the most evidence to me that, oh, there's been, there's been real professional growth here over the last 12 months. Yeah, no, how I think it's all. I think you got to give him credit. It's also identifying like it's being honest with yourself. Hey, I thought that this was the way to do it. I'm going to make an adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. Kentucky's caught between expectations right now. Hey, what that means, what that, what that looks like, what you can actually do year over year and and, and moving on from there. Uh, Speaking of Ole Miss last game on the picks, Vanderbilt plus 25 and a half. Number 12 Ole Miss, 630 SEC Network. It was just too many points for me. I've been saying it for two weeks. Ole Miss could easily cover this game, but it feels like a sleepy 20-point 20, 20 win to me. Again, if if we get the the Matt Corral, the 20, whatever, the 2021 Ole Miss Vanderbilt game, am I surprised? Absolutely not. Like, let me be clear. I just kind of have in my head, like, this team hasn't really had the game where everyone gets to go out and kind of, like, have a day. The fact that it's also another night game, and I also understand the 21 Vanderbilt game was a night game, but I, the weather's going to be pretty good, right? Like, it's in this yeah. kind of, like, the last, like, warm week. Like, I can see where that place is kind of kind of rolling a little bit, kind of hyped up, and, you know, maybe, th- maybe this is a night you go get your numbers, and... I can kind of see that happening too. And I just, I just can't trust Vanderbilt. Like I really can't like Vanderbilt did everything against Georgia that they should to cover. And they were still like one play away from, from Georgia covering. Yeah. I, 
I, I don't know this. I know obviously Vanderbilt has nobody in the crowd, but I think the atmosphere is probably a little better than it's gotten credit for all week. I do think it's going to be fairly hype because if you're if you're an Ole Miss fan, it's an easy game to go to. You're going to win. The weather's great. It's a night game. You know that you're going to get a whole another week of hey, seven and one Ole Miss playing Texas A and M. Like it's it's kind of a good mood day. So why not but take advantage other, of that? Leading off what Jeffrey's saying. My other thing is, has there been a game where Ole Miss hasn't shown up yet? Like I know the Alabama game went the way oh. that it did, but Ole Miss showed up. They, I just, I think they didn't have a, the best plan. And I think they got out physical in the second half. Like I thought it became a personnel matchup and Bama Bama had better players, but I didn't think it was like a oh Ole Miss didn't show up. No, along those lines, I think last year's Ole Miss team right now would have multiple L's on them. Totally agree. Multiple. I mean, maybe, maybe three, like four. four. Yeah. 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 I think last no, year's team that. could have lost to Georgia Tech. Last year's team Tulane. 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 Arkansas. Last year's team probably loses to Arkansas when it started spiraling. Definitely loses to LSU. Last year's team yeah. down oh, down to LSU. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that was the largely the same game. It's just this year Ole Miss was able to keep up. Yeah. Uh last thing, Jeffrey, we'll get you out of here. I know you got a busy day. Grizzlies back in action for the season. Um you had a you had a tweet a couple days ago. You think that the, all the uh, upsets and whatever actually is good for Major League Baseball. You think they've had a good postseason for the average fan. I actually do because I understand right now everything is TV, 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 TV. Are we sure linear TV is going to be the future? Like, I, I don't know. So at a certain point, I think it's best. I've always thought baseball's at its best when you keep fan bases engaged. And I think this is a way when you're not going to have a salary cap. And baseball's just at this point not going to do that. When you do not have a salary cap, you've got to make sure that there's an avenue for the have-nots to at least feel like they got a shot. And I think this is a situation where you look at these teams like the Diamondbacks and you look at, you know, the Rangers who did spend a bunch of money in the offseason, but like they made deals, they made deals during, you know, right around the the deadline. And they're like, you know. All right, maybe we're only going to win 84 games, but we get a shot. Mm-hmm. And I also, I, I really enjoyed the fact that the Diamondbacks were rewarded for running the bases, timely hitting, and playing pretty good defense, and, and, and very timely pitching. It's just so refreshing to just not watch a freaking strikeout home run derby. Like, I just, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. Like, I found... When baseball started becoming that, I just I checked out. Like it's it just wasn't that interesting to me. I thought was it Tuesday night? Oh, that was a hell of a baseball game. Like every pitch felt massive. And game I seven. yeah, game seven yeah. for the Phillies yeah. guy. I just thought that was a, a hell of a baseball game. And I you can I actually talk- thought I thought game three was a hell of a baseball game. I, uh, I agree. Yeah, the, the 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 first game in in Phoenix, yeah, where, in Phoenix, where they were they were desperate and and Philly looked like it was getting ready to blow it open, and they got yes. out of that inning and they manufactured some runs, and it was it was a lot of it was a lot of fun to watch. I just I want more variety in baseball. Like I'm fine if you want to do it like the Phillies do, where it's strikeouts, home runs. Like I'm fine with that. But like I just when everyone started playing the same game, I just 
found myself being like, I, I don't care about this. Who are y'all for? Um, I don't know yet. Yeah, this feels like one of those ones where I'm going to flip it on and I'll figure out who I'm rooting for. Yeah. I'm leaning Texas, but I have no real reason. I'm leaning D-backs. I always kind of liked Longoria. I don't really have a great reason for liking Longoria, but, you know, Tommy Pham's classy enough to be a Cardinal. (laughs) Of course, we also have Jordan Montgomery, another classy. Yeah, you know, you're welcome, Rangers fans. Like, I'm just happy that we could share the gift of class with you and and really shared Araldus Garcia. He was once a, a Cardinal farmhand. Oh no, that's my my youngest brother pointed out. It's like, do you realize like do you realize the Cardinals have traded away like three Cy Young candidates and an MVP candidate? I was like, like yeah. thank you, buddy. Yes, I'm yeah. well aware. Yeah. I keep I keep being told that John Mosalak is one of the best GMs in baseball. And I'm like never heard that from me. I'm like, wait, what? Are you serious? Uh, all right, I just found out my, my the power went out at my house. My wife's freaking out. Uh, enjoy. Right. Have a good day. Jeffrey Wright as he joins us every uh single Thursday. Neil, we'll get to uh we'll get to Fred Roberts to close the show in a second before we do that. What's the what's kind of the schedule for the day for the uh the people? Oh, I thought you were gonna ask me about the Thunder and and their path to the NBA title after well, last night. Well, they did win by twenty last night in Chicago. I saw that. I mean, without two of their Main bench guys, they oh. just just light the light the bulls. They were losing when I turned it on, but it's the NBA where you can always come back. So I, I they they appeared to blow them out. So you know, Casey Wallace really hardly scratched at Kentucky, and last night he goes five for five from the field, makes all three of his threes. Was a was a willing defender, distributed the ball. They're not tanking this year. I I, I mean. <laughs> We this might be the first of like eight straight titles. I, okay. I mean, yeah. it, it, it was it was a dominant performance. SGA goes for thirty one. J Dub gets sixteen. Giddy gets sixteen. I thought Holmgren had a really good debut. It was it was fun. It was when Mignana gets uh, fifteen for the Spurs and a loss to the Mavs last night. Uh, shorthanded Memphis loses one eleven one eleven one hundred four to the Pels last night in Memphis. It was actually, all jokes aside, last night was a really good night for the NBA because there were a lot of good games. You see how deep the league is. And then the Wimbenyama thing, here's what was interesting about the Wimbenyama thing to me, was that that game was a little sleepy early, and then Wimbenyama gets hot late and shows these flashes of what this cat's going to be, and he's going to be awesome. But his presence sort of, lit a fire under Luka Doncic. Yeah. And Luka goes off in the fourth quarter and kind of gestures to the crowd and stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is fun. If this kid's going to get all the veterans jacked up, this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And and it kind of was. And it's the advantage that that Holmgren has that Wimbanyama doesn't have is that when teams play the Spurs, they go, all right, kid, show us what you got. They can't do that with the Thunder because if you put all that attention on Holmgren, Shea Gilgis Alexander, he'll go for 45 points. He'll light you up. And so, but it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a fun night to watch the league. I watched a lot. I taped with Pete, but we had, we had games on and we were talking about the games. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, You asked about the, uh, the day. So at one 30, we'll get, things uh, kind of cranked up so we'll put this this will be in podcast form mind on my money presented by pinnacle will be in podcast form 
later today as well. Um, the Butcher versus The Dance Instructor presented by LB's Meat Market. That's at 1.30 with Caroline and Greg. Actually, if you, uh, you want to make some money, you probably should follow Caroline. She would be running away with Neil's picks right now, That, which says a whole lot about picking mm-hmm. college football <laughs> games. <actually>. Really, it <laughs> tells you everything you should possibly ever want to know. At uh, 2 o'clock, it'll be uh, McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I don't know whether Kane's joining us or not. He usually does on Thursday, but their schedules have been so weird because they've been playing midweek games. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but we'll have our Make It Rain Thursday picks in our competition. Uh, and then at 3.30, it'll be Pete's Picks Can Preview. Pete Deweese gets you ready for Vanderbilt and Ole Miss. He breaks down Vanderbilt film um, against Georgia, as I mentioned, which was interesting. Uh, Ken Seals makes made some, a lot of really nice decisions, really protects the football well. So he talks about the Vanderbilt offense primarily, but a little bit with Vanderbilt's defense too. Uh, get you ready for that. And then at 5, Chase and I will uh, be here in the Clark Ford Studios. We'll have hand-raised guys presented by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. We'll go for, I don't know, an hour and a half or so. And then at 7, I'll have an extra edition of the um, Oxford Exxon podcast. Ben Mintz joins me. We'll talk about the weekend ahead in NFL and college football. And then a pretty extensive SEC basketball preview with Blake Lovell of uh, southeastern14.com. Blake is terrific. They do an awesome job with uh, both basketball and baseball and football too, but basketball and baseball, especially around the SEC. And so uh, we talk about uh, Ole Miss, talk about pretty much every team in the league uh, as the college basketball season gets really close now couple uh, written things on the site and a little additional programming. Uh, I've got a thing coming on Ken Seal, speaking of, kind of statistical look at him. And then uh, I think probably early afternoon is where we're looking at right now. Brian with a profile on Caden Priestcorn, well worth your time. Uh, give it give it time this afternoon. Really uh, some, you know, the human element of college football players. We always talk about you want to get to know players. Caden Priestcorn, everything he's been through, something to uh, get to know and read that this afternoon. So it should be on the site sometime Again, early, mid-afternoon, somewhere in there is kind of where we're shooting. And then uh, I've got also a real on, true – go ahead. Also go ahead. at rebelgrove.com, uh, Chris Lee of andysports.com. And right. I did the question and answer thing, five questions and answers about Vanderbilt and Ole Miss. And then um, I, I think it's one of the better – we just talked about the picks, but it's one of the better editions of Neil's picks. If you, if you have a sense of humor, you will enjoy it. If you don't, probably will not – it won't be your true. Uh, and then I recorded a Real True Rebels this week. I did it with uh, offensive lineman Caleb Warren and Reese McIntyre. It's up tomorrow morning, I think, is when I do that. But we actually had a really fun conversation about the portal and new guys, learning new guys' names for two guys who were in the 2019 class coming into Ole Miss and all the things that have changed for them over the last uh, four seasons. So uh, a lot there. But, again, rebelgrub.com, MPW Digital in the meantime. And we'll close the podcast now, again, with M-Club nominee, Hall of Fame inductee uh, Fred Roberts coming up here in just a second again here on the Campbell Clinic Hotline and to close today's show. So tons going on. Thanks to Jeffrey. And let's get to Fred. All right. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients, seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep, skip trips to the grocery store, and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Turn to HelloFresh Market for yummy add-ons and enjoy the season's limited-time fall flavors lineup. Feast on desserts like the apple cider cake, caramel sauce. Please make a crowd. 
Please a crowd with appetizers like the barbecue pulled pork nachos. And don't forget the mini pumpkin cheesecake, perfect for a me time treat. We all know HelloFresh takes the hassle out of meal time, but you know it can also save you money. HelloFresh is 25% less expensive than takeout. That means you get an easy home-cooked meal on the table and more money back on your pocket. I've used it a lot over the course of the years. Again, with busy schedules and whatnot, they make it easy. You don't have to be a chef to uh, put the meals on the tables. It's all very easily done there with HelloFresh. So go to HelloFresh.com slash 50MPW. Use code 50MPW for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50MPW. Southern Traditions Farm is a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails, a lot offered at Southern Traditions. Horseback riding offerings from beginner lessons to advanced to competing in nationally recognized competitions. Um, it's also a great venue for events, so get in touch with them on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. Would you like some peace of mind knowing that your roof is taken care of? Whether you need an inspection, a new roof, or a maintenance program, Riverland Roofing has you covered. Home or business, as a GAF Master Elite contractor, they can offer warranties that last a lifetime. Licensed and insured, Riverland services Mississippi and its surrounding states. So text or call Riverland today at 662-644-4297. Are you ready for the ultimate college experience? Welcome to College Town Oxford, your new home away from home. They know you want the best. That's exactly what they offer. No more long commutes or missing out on campus events at Ole Miss. College Town Oxford is right next door to the Ole Miss campus, offering spacious two, three, four, and five-bedroom cottages, each with individual leases because they believe in flexibility and simplicity. Their incredible amenities will have you feeling like you're living in a resort. So whether it's a weekend binge watch session or hosting the best game day parties, you'll do it in comfort and style, cheering on the Rebels with your friends. The community is designed to give you the perfect blend of comfort and convenience. So don't break up the gang. Grab your friends. Pick out your favorite floor plan. Reserve it today at collegetownoxford.com. You can also text their VIP list and be the first to know when uh, leasing for fall 2024 is open. 662 Three zero zero three seven three three. Podcast is brought to you by Johnson Hill Creamery, JohnstonHillCreamery.com. Vanderbilt this weekend, Texas A&M next week. Let them take care of your tailgate packages. They feed 10, 20, or 40. They make it easy. Season winding down, but huge games remaining. Let them help you out. It's easy. All you got to do is tell them what game you want to order food for and what you'd like to pick up on Friday or Saturday. You can pick up right there at Chicory Market in Oxford. Everything from their charcuterie trays, their grazing trays, their artisanal cheese trays. They make the cheeses locally and in-house every day. They got sandwich trays, the cheesecake dip that's a huge favorite, cookies, brownies, and much more. So you order right there online. Don't even have to talk to anybody. It's johnsonhillcreamery.com. Brett, I really appreciate the uh, the time today. We're getting close to next Thursday, the M Club Hall of Fame on the campus at Ole Miss. Celebrate you along with uh, the rest of your your class. I'm just kind of curious, what's it what's it mean to you? I mean, I know what we're, we're going to ask you a lot about what Ole Miss means to you, but getting this honor, getting this recognition for yourself, but also uh, you know another player from the time period that you represent. What does this uh, What does this mean to you personally? It's it's just wonderful to be selected and and uh, held in that much esteem. That but I was I was just a regular player, uh, Chase, and just wanted to do my best every time we set foot in the arena, and uh, it it just means a lot to be uh, 
thought highly of by your peers and uh, the people that selected me for that uh, honor is 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 just great to to be alive and be the recipient of such a fine thing. How did you uh, find out? Who told you? What was that like? Well, I I, I got a call one morning around nine o'clock from Archie Manning and he he gave me the news and was very gracious and I had a great conversation with him and uh that's how I was advised that I had been selected and uh I remember when Archie's one of his sons won the most valuable player in one of the Super Bowls I I wrote uh, Archie a note I said Archie I see Cooper Manning, your dad, and Cooper Williams, uh, your father-in-law, are dancing a jig in heaven because they're the only ones up there that have two grandsons that have won two Super Bowl Bible Player Awards. Right. And he thought that was a pretty good quote. So, But I enjoyed hearing from him, and he's very gracious, and uh, it's just nice to be uh, mentioned with his name anytime. So what was your relationship like with, with Ole Miss as a kid? I mean, did you grow up an Ole Miss fan? I mean, I, I know you had just mentioned briefly going to a pretty historic game in 52. What was what was your background prior to your recruitment or your attending Ole Miss? Well, I was living in a little checking community in uh, mid-Mississippi, Morton, and my dad was a, a pharmacist, and he had gotten a, a job offer in, in that city. And when I was in the eighth grade, uh our family moved there, and uh, we had, uh, I think there were six of us at the time, four children and uh, the parents, uh, and we we uh, we had people from Mississippi State and Ole Miss uh, within the community there that uh, were very rabid fans, and uh, they made sure that uh, everybody knew how they did in their games each week. <laughs> and uh, it, we just learned to... to uh, Get along real well, but compete uh, as hard as two two teams can compete. But we had gracious people that uh, uh, were just wonderful to live around and and grow up with. It was a good community, and uh, just uh, uh, I, I got interested in Ole Miss, of course, uh, as as they began to do well. Uh, I enjoyed uh, going to lots of their games, and uh, we played a lot of Ole Miss played a lot of games in Jackson, Jackson during that time, and I got to see them. You mentioned it briefly with me. You were at the the Maryland game, the 1952 game that obviously is has stayed in lore. What do you recall from that day? Well, my dad and I were sitting in the north end zone, and the the little stands at that time were real small, so we were we were probably. Uh, as as big as many in that little bleacher thing as possible, and Ole Miss that day, uh, Chase uh, ends up winning the game twenty-one to fourteen. But they got down near the goal line about four or five other times and got knocked back without scoring. And of course, we didn't kick any field goals, and uh, that that worked out to a win. But there was some. Uh, great players there that played uh, for Maryland and for Ole Miss. And uh, Jimmy Lear was a quarterback for the Rebels, and uh, uh, Jack Scarborough. Was, uh, uh, and Maryland had some great players that uh, went on and played pro ball and all. But it was it was a fantastic event, and it was just a great win. And I I kind of got indoctrinated with Ole Miss spirit at that time. I really did. 
Do you consider that sort of the the welcome for that era and kind of what kicked off what was you know clearly you know a couple decades of, of huge success there? Well, it it kind of started the ball rolling. There were some great players that played for the Rebels during that time, and 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 for Maryland, and uh, that's that's when football got to be pretty serious in Mississippi. We we had shown that uh, under Coach Vault that. Uh, Mississippi kids and those that were recruited to play uh, in Oxford uh, could compete with anybody. And uh, they had a great uh, uh, scheme as to how to play both offensively and defensive football. And uh, and Coach Ball was a genius. And he, he really he had things rolling at that time. And that was probably the, the signal victory at the – at the time that we had won as a team was that game against Maryland. What was your recruitment like? When did you first hear and think that maybe you could play? I mean, you played baseball too, but football, baseball at Ole Miss, when did that come into contact? Tell me a little bit about how that recruitment worked. Okay, well, it started off, uh, Chase, when uh, my team in Morton had a had – a, our first game was in Newton, Mississippi. We had a pretty good game that night, and uh, we played them over there, and Beat them fourteen to thirteen. I had a good ball game. I'm a junior there, and after the game, uh, Coach uh, Tom Swayze, who was the chief recruiter, uh, happened to attend that game. He was scouting players from both Newton and from the team that I was on, and I was uh, in my junior year, and uh, so was my good friend and fine uh, classmate Reed Davis, and. Coach Swayze made certain that he got to speak to both of us and said, I'll see y'all next year, boys. Be ready for us. So that kind of got me under underway uh, toward uh, Ole Miss and uh, their their approach and their their uh, teams. And uh, that that went a long way toward uh, my decision to attend. I, I was kind of reluctant to uh, – I, I didn't – Really, I was kind of apprehensive, uh, Chase, and, and to, and as to whether or not I was uh, going to be able to be good enough to play. Uh, Reed Davis and I visited, uh, uh, saw many of the football games that year in 59, our senior years, and uh, there was a fullback named Charlie Flowers who made All-American and another one at, uh, named James Anderson that played very well became a cardiologist over in Alabama, and Billy Ray Adams. And I, I kind of watched that position very carefully, and, and I tried to think about how I could uh, compare to them. And I, I didn't like my chances, <laughs> but uh, I, they had done a great job. They were great players. And uh, But when I got to Ole Miss, uh, we had a guy coaching freshman football It was a pretty – this much a disciplinarian, and he worked us real hard. And and if you really wanted to improve, he would uh, give you an opportunity to, and uh, that helped me a lot, and uh, gave me some confidence. And uh, and for some reason, I got a chance to play a whole lot earlier than a lot of people, uh, even though we had fourteen fullbacks on the freshman team that I signed to. Uh, with Ole Miss, uh, and and it ended up after about three weeks, I, I had emerged to be the red team, the first team player, and uh, did that for the rest of the freshman season. So that's kind of how I had evolved. Who else recruited you? I mean, had it not been Ole Miss, where do you think you would have gone? 
Well, I went to Georgia Tech and visited over there and saw a doubleheader in Atlanta in uh, the fall of 59. Uh, saw Auburn and Tech play that afternoon and that night, Mississippi State and Georgia. Saw some tremendous players, uh, and that that was uh, that was something to do and uh, really an experience. And also visited uh, a lot of the SEC schools and LSU. Uh, uh, I had uh, looked at them fairly carefully because I, I knew that they had a fairly good baseball program. I, I liked the game of baseball, Chase, uh, and it had a little success. And uh, I was recruited by them, and I was told by their uh, freshman coach, who was their chief recruiter, that if I came with them that I could play baseball if I could make the first team and uh, and not go through a full uh, spring practice with their football and that that appealed to me but uh when i finally got to visit with uh coach swayze about uh old miss uh i mentioned to him if, if i asked him if i was good enough could i play baseball and he was a head baseball right. coach as well as a chief <laughs> recruiter and he said he said yes you, you you'll get a chance and though it took a long time for me to get that chance, I'll tell you how it worked out. But uh, that's that's how the recruiting went. I, I did go visit uh, Arkansas at, at a later date that after signing with Ole Miss. But I, I wanted I, I stayed committed to the to the Rebels, even though uh, Arkansas had had a good program and they had some. Uh, good Mississippi players, mainly one named Lance Allworth that uh, was a Ooh. tremendous player for for them. But we we were able to take care of them and beat uh, Arkansas during my time at Ole Miss. You called him a genius, but what are your main impressions of Coach Vault? I mean, what you know, what what was what was just the experience of playing for him like? Well, he 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 knew what he was doing, and he he made sure that. Uh, if you were on the field representing Ole Miss and, and, and playing that, you knew what you were supposed to do. And he, he demanded maximum effort. And uh, we had a bunch of guys uh, chased during that time, during that 10-year period or that three-year three period that I played from 61 to 3 that just really wanted badly to win. And we, did, we didn't think anybody could beat us. And uh, that was uh, – he 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 could give you, he could help you gain confidence in your own abilities. He knew that what you could do, and if you made a good play, he'd let you know. But he got he got things done in the right order and the right way. And uh, he he was uh, he 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 substituted the, at the right times and played the right players all through those years that I played. He he was a genius for ability, and he made sure that. Guys that stepped on the field could absolutely do their jobs, and and many times uh, do them a little bit better than their opponent across the line of scrimmage. Yeah, you went twenty six three and two during uh, the three years that you uh, you you with the Rebels. You know, you go ten and zero in nineteen sixty two. Going into that year, were you aware of just how good that team was? I mean, was it was the expectation to that level? I mean, kind of talk me through that season a little bit. 62 team. Yes, sir. Okay, well, that was uh, – we, we were undefeated and untied. Right. Had, a, had a bunch of guys coming back from the uh, previous year. Uh, Jim Dunaway and uh, Lewis Guy and uh, those kind of players and 
Glenn Griffin, our quarterback, was a fine, fine field general and did a good job, too. We just um, really uh, enjoyed. We just started off kind of slow, but defensively, we, we got we just really jailed. And matter of fact, in, in playing in Baton Rouge that year, we were we were undefeated going down there again, and we were, of course, uh, wanting to pay them back for some of the things that they had <laughs> deprived us from. Uh, and and in our game with them, we beat them fifteen to seven. And uh, in the second half, they didn't get a first down, and they were ranked number four in the nation. I mean, number two in the nation, and we were ranked number four that night. But we win the game down there, and that that propelled us, I think, the rest of the way. Even though we had some close games uh, at Tennessee and against Mississippi State uh, at, at the end of '62, we were able to come out ahead and then go down and win the Sugar Bowl against Arkansas, seventeen to thirteen. And they had a pretty good team, but we we were that was just a magical time. It really was. LSU, the largest rival, I assume, during that time period? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I always hear it from Harry Harrison. He kind of talks about, hey, you guys might be state, but back then, you know, he's always the LSU game he's, he's the most worried about. Right, I understand. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of the way we looked at it. And I, I liked playing football against them down there. We, of course, every game that we played against them was in Baton Rouge. We, they didn't come to Oxford and play us. And uh, also, I, I like to play baseball against them, uh, and luckily had gotten to play. And uh, I think uh, I think I hit four home runs down in Alex Box Stadium during my career really? at Ole Miss. So, uh, and I scored three touchdowns against them in '63, thanks to some great blocking and uh, pass catching and all by our entire team. And it was just uh, that was that was the big rival at the time. Uh, LSU, and they had some tremendous players, and uh, when we would win, uh, that would be extra special. Why did you guys always play in Baton Rouge? Well, they could seat so many uh, more people in that arena. The Tiger Stadium at that time would seat about 67,000, and it continued to uh, enlarge that amount, so the the revenue from a full house in Tiger Stadium and, and our share of it was, was better that way. Ole Miss didn't have quite the, well, uh, probably about 35000 was all that Hemingway would take. So it, it was uh, a better deal for everybody. And uh, Mississippi people came down there in droves, and uh, it was a, a magical moment, I'll tell you. What was it? Was something. Sorry, what was what was travel like? I mean, when did you guys leave, get back? I mean, how did that sort of work back then, compared comparatively? Well, we would we would uh, to most of our games, away games, we would fly and uh, get in there uh, on a Friday uh, night and have a meal, maybe go see a movie, and then okay. uh, uh, start the preparation for game day, uh, whether it was day or night, depending upon what uh, time we started. Uh, and that was that was, and then after the games, we of course flew back to uh, to Oxford. Uh, but it was uh, it was a wonderful time to be a part of that. Uh, it was it was just terrific. 
how did you mention what you were able to potentially do at other places? How did your your baseball career work? Were you solely baseball during the spring and then football in the fall? Did you did you mix it up? How did your time management work out for you? Well, baseball here's here's kind of how it it came about for me. Uh, I I did I was I played freshman baseball at the time, but I did not get a chance to play at all. My sophomore year, I mean my freshman year, uh, we had some good players and had had a pretty good team, but I didn't get to play at all, so I had to ride the bench, and that wasn't that wasn't an uh, uh, enjoyable thing for me to do. But uh, as the as the next year rolled around, the spring of '62, uh, we were playing a game, baseball game with Delta State, who had pretty good baseball at that time under Boone. Ferris, and we were playing in Oxford, and I still hadn't got a chance to play. And uh, then Coach Swayze was uh, trying to get us. We, we were tied 5-5 five to five going into the bottom of the ninth, uh, and I still hadn't got a chance to bat or, do any, or play in the field or do anything. And he, with two out, the bases were loaded, he, he said, Fred, get a bat. And this is my first chance at baseball for the first time and on the first pitch I got fortunate and a line drive hit a ball to left field for a run and we win the game 6-5 and everybody's happy and uh, next day I'm batting fourth for the Rebels and stayed there for the balance of 62 and 63 and 64, sometimes moving to fifth place in the lineup. But that's how baseball uh, began to uh, work itself out for me. I, I remember the next day of the Delta State Series, we were playing them again uh, as I was able to go to bat as the fourth hitter. In the first inning, they threw me a, a curveball, and I hit it about 380 feet. That was my home home run for the day. <laughs> And at that, after that, uh, I play every day. I, I'm, I'm on the lineup for three years. That's how I got. To, it's just, it's just amazing how things work out sometimes when you, when you're patient and don't, don't um, bad mouth or anything or act like you, you know, you, you, you're not getting to do what you want to do. But uh, that's the way it panned out for me, and it worked out well. That culminated in '64 with the College World Series birth, correctly? Correct. Yes, we had a great team. Uh, we had great pitchers and and good hitters, and we started off in the conference, winning I think about 14 straight games, which uh, and you know made sure we won the Western Division of the of SEC, and then we were <clears throat> we had to go play Auburn. Uh, we start the two out of three series with them over there on a Wednesday, and uh, they beat us 10-9 in 64. And uh, then they have to come to Oxford to play t- uh, the second game, and we we have a, a, a great pitching performance uh, by Larry Higginbotham, and it was uh, late in the game, and uh, Faith, my wife now, and I had planned to have a wedding in the late part of the month of May, that year, and uh, 
so because I had to go to Fort Bragg for summer camp, uh, ROTC, uh, and uh, we 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 had set our wedding for that late part of May, and uh, we back, we playing Auburn and not not thinking that we were going to be in that series with them, but uh, that playoff, uh, Larry Higginbotham was our pitcher and. He came to bat in the bottom of the seventh. We were we were uh, up three to nothing in Oxford, and uh, Larry was uh, our batter. He, he was a, a pitcher, and uh, he was not the best hitter. I don't think I ever saw him on base uh, get a hit. But that <laughs> night of uh, that day, uh, the Auburn pitcher threw a fastball right where Larry swung every time. And by the time the ball stopped, it was out of the park. It was a grand slam home run. It put us up seven to nothing. And Thomas Swayze said to me, Fred, you can head out to Morton. <laughs> so that was, that was, uh, that was uh, the exciting time of my life in, in, in baseball. Just more fun than anything else. Coach Swayze was a smart baseball guy he knew that you couldn't win every game but uh he was he got you uh revved up and eager to play and and uh i went back the next day of course after after my sweet wife and i got got married uh she she allowed me to come back and play uh in the third game of that playoff and we won that one five to nothing and I, was, I knocked in the first run. I was about to say, you, if, if you're going to have any type of honeymoon or a weekend or anything, it's going to take a minute because you guys had to go to Gastonia for the regional and then Omaha, so you were still playing baseball for a little while. Absolutely, and uh, Coach Swayze was kind enough to allow my wife then uh, to accompany our team to uh, Gastonia where we had some really good success. We were so fired up and so hot uh, there we we beat uh east carolina and uh let's see we beat west virginia first then we beat north carolina then we came back and and beat them again uh and and got the trip to omaha but uh that that week in gastonia we were we we could have beat anybody and uh that was a great great uh experience to to do that and, and, and kind of cap, you know, obviously, you know, can cap things off for you in, in 63 and 64. You had so much success in both sports over the period of time. You get two Sugar Bowls, you get a Cotton Bowl, there's a College World Series berth going in. I mean, you know, what? I guess what do you just sort of make of the, you know, I think you said magical a couple times, that, that time period at Ole Miss that you were at there in the early 60s. Yeah, that let me let me go back then and uh, trace that for you. And why I say that was the magical de- decade for Ole Miss football. Uh, Ole Miss uh, during that ten-year period, there were ten SEC championships awarded in football by the Southeastern Conference. During that ten-year period, your Ole Miss Rebels won five of them. No other team won more than one. And believe it or not, the 59 team that was the greatest team I ever saw play college football did not win one of those Right. in that decade. But we were so used to, you know, playing with the very best and being ranked in the top 10 or top 5 every week in, in football and 
that was it was it was just a magical time to to be a student athlete at, at Ole Miss and uh we were we were going to New Year's Day bowl games three years in a row and winning championships in both baseball and football my senior year. That's just a magical time and I, I just I'm I'm so fortunate to have played with so many good old Miss players that, that I stand on the shoulders of and getting a lot of the credit because of, of the great play by everybody. The 63 team, uh, un- unbeaten until the bowl, but a couple ties there, obviously a, an, an SEC championship year, a year that is, is is very notable in a number of ways. What do you kind of recall about starting and ending the year with ties, um, despite winning so many games, Brett? Well, it, it was, uh, it was uh, an interesting year. We opened with Memphis State in Memphis, our first game, and we end up with a 0-0 tie. And that Memphis State team was probably as good as anybody in the country. They uh, did not lose the game, and they went down to Mississippi State uh, and beat them 42 to something uh, in that same year. And Mississippi State had a pretty good football team in in that same uh, year. And then the at the end of the year, we had a a really close game with uh, Mississippi State in Oxford and and, uh, and and had won it the previous year. But in, in 1963, we we uh, played to a 10-10 tie. And uh, that was the only blemish on our record. We were 5-0 in one tie, and that was, uh, that was the championship championship. Uh, uh, a result that we had, and, and we were proud of that. But uh, that was some hard-nosed football in that '63 uh, year. Yeah, you win the SEC five zero and one for the Rebels. Auburn went six and one, and Alabama six and two there behind you uh, right. inside the uh, the SEC standings. What uh, right. I, I guess you know, crazy stories. We could talk all all, all day. What uh, what do you think next Thursday is going to be like, Fred? I mean, just you could see some people, obviously. Uh, you know, the the other oh, days uh, inside of class. What's the what's the weekend going to be like for you? Well, it looks like uh, there are going to be a lot of lot of people there that I've I've talked to that say they're coming, and I'm, I I can't wait to shake their hands and spend time with them, and uh, and. Uh, I, I I really want to pay a, a a little tribute to Larry Higginbotham who got me who nominated me for this uh, M Club award and uh, I'm I'm so appreciative of what he and his wife did and and getting all the paperwork done and helping me do that and uh, following up and and he saved our marriage with the home run he hit against <laughs> Auburn <laughs> exactly <laughs> of but, course uh, that. That was something that was, but I'm I'm looking forward. Uh, I, I, when you when you look back at at your life, and I'm in my 80s now. Uh, that was a magical moment, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing many many of my lifelong friends who've been so good to me, and in the career that I chose, I ended up being a. a financial planner and uh, selling life insurance and products that help people save money and and, and, and uh, enjoy that and 
that was I, I can't wait to tell some stories and and uh, commiserate a little bit with these old veterans that will be there and their families. Looking forward to it. Just just magical time. I'm sure sure it will be. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, look forward to talking to you there on that night. We'll do some of this again. We'll tell some new stories. But congratulations to you. I really appreciate it, and I'll uh, I'll see you next Thursday. Thank you, Chase. Appreciate your help. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.